Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Countryfied UK podcast, brought to you all the way from the United Kingdom, bringing you your weekly fix of everything country. And now your hosts, Alex and Blaine. Hey guys, I'm Alex and I'm with my boy Blaine. Hey, hey, hey. This is a nice chilled afternoon we and Blaine are having, recording episode number 28. 28. 28. That's two away from 30. Quick Good, math. Quick maths. <laughs> hey, you're wasted in this job. I know. I've been wasted in many jobs in my life. Um, you'll be very glad to hear that we won't be doing that much talking at the beginning because uh, we have a decent uh, episode with... Uh, Mr. J. Allen, who are who who are who is our interviewee this week? Yeah, what a lad! I mean, yeah, we we uh, did the interview the other day, and we just thought, you know, it was such a compelling, interesting, heartfelt interview and conversation with Jay. Felt like after we did that uh, interview that we knew him for years. Yeah, like. Literally a very close bond type uh, uh, evening we had. It was awesome. Um, yeah, it was very sort of like um, a very raw, emotional interview. And yeah, and we just thought, well, do you know what? You know, there's not much we need to do because this this interview itself is quite possibly one of the best ones that we'll probably put out on the podcast then. You know, just thought it's a standout alone episode. Well, isn't it funny how last week you said to me that how much I was gushing over Chase Wright and now you're gushing over Jay Allen. Yeah. Big time. Yeah. Although I did not compare Jay Allen to, um, who was it, David Beckham? David Beckham. No, but you did say something about being like him being like a chiseled uh, god. Yeah, he looked like he'd been chiseled from the Greek gods. Yeah. Yeah. So I compared mine to an actual person. And straight after the interview, I was like, if I had a partner, I would not be taking them to a jail and show because he's a Mr. Steel girl. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you, you wait in the car. I'm going to go watch jail. And why? Why? No, wait in the car. Yeah. Because she would be like, why don't you look like him? Why don't you work out like him? Yeah, why haven't you got olive skin like him? <laughs> well, to be fair, I've got olive skin. Like, yeah. So it's just you who's pasty. Pasty. I got the tattoos. <laughs> I've got the skin. You got the tattoos. We both just need the workout <laughs> and just morph into one. Yeah. <laughs> just morph into some handsome guy. But um, anyway, enough <laughs> enough gushing over these guys. Um, yeah. <laughs> you know, we've had all, like you know we've had literally beautiful women on, and we never gush like go. Oh man, they were so pretty. Oh, they were beautiful and stuff. Where it's like when the men comes on. Oh my god, they were they were good looking, weren't they? <laughs> yeah. Well, for next week's episode, we'll not mention who that is, but we'll just have to sort of do the same, and then it evens itself out. Yes. Well, <laughs> next next week's episode, uh, I cannot wait for to be honest with you, but um, we'll we'll worry about that next week for the next week's episode, sir, uh, because we I cannot wait to announce them later. But, but um, how, how good does it feel recording an episode in the daytime? It, it, well, I get the privilege of looking out the window, and it is a strange blue sky. I mean, still freezing, still hurricane winds, but it is blue sky. 100%. We are in the UK. What is this? It lifts your mood, doesn't it? Whenever you see like nice weather, whenever it's in the summer, it doesn't feel too bad when you get out of bed. 
Yeah. Like it always puts you in a good mood, like the warm weather. But tell you one thing I was doing, because I reminisced the other day when I was walking down the street and I actually thought of you and I was like, I need to ask Alex this question, right? So if you're from the UK, you'll know what we're talking about. Um, and in America, you'll have certain of these shops. But do you remember when Morbiff in like the UK used to have Woolworths? Used <laughs> to have like Blockbusters, the Baker's Oven, like shops like that. I was just like walking down the street. Oven, I forgot about that. Yeah, Rivals Greg's. Yeah. And you could sit inside. <laughs> so basically, I was like thinking to myself, if I had like one chance, like, I could, and I could or bring one back, shot or one opportunity. Yeah. To have everything that you ever wanted. Would you capture it? I'll just let it go. Oh, <laughs> someone's been watching the Super Bowl too much. But um, <laughs> would you, would, which shop would you bring back? Oh, Woolworths. Uh, and not well, Blockbusters? No, actually, no, no I was just about to say, yeah, I was just about to say, that's a lie. I, it would be Blockbusters because we've got, we've got loads of, like you've got home bargains and everything now, which is pretty much what Woolworths was. Yeah, so people in America are like, Woolworths is sort of like, a bit like Target or something, a bit like a really small, like Costco, whatever, like Walmart. Like it would sell like home furniture, like entertainment, toys, sweets, like literally anything you get your hands on. It just didn't sell like food or anything. Um, but yeah, like yeah. that was an unreal shop because you could go in there and you, like as a kid, it felt huge. Like going oh, into the shop awesome. now, that used to be there. Like which is Iceland. It doesn't. There's nothing. The supermarket. <laughs> it just feels really small inside. Um, but yeah, I was going to say I would have thought yours would have been blockbusters. No, it it is blockbusters. I, f- I forgot that you actually mentioned them for a second. Um, yeah, because I miss just being able. To, I know that you can stream it and everything like that on TV, but it's it's never the same than just going down to blockbusters and having a look around that shop. It was uh, like a night out, wasn't it? Yeah, it was an experience because you would go down. And you might go down with your parents or your friends or if you're having a sleepover. You would go down and they would have all the new releases and like all the old movies, which were slightly cheaper, like the new premieres and whatnot. Yeah. And then you would read the back of them or you'd be so excited to go and get them or go and rent a game or something like that. Oh, yeah. And I used to love renting games because I used to see it as like a trial. Like, so am I going to like this game? I'll rent it for like seven days and we'll see what it's like. <laughs> and then I'll buy it or... Yeah. Oh, man. Good times. It was. And then you would get your popcorn sweets. Like their, their own brand popcorn was unbelievable as well. I used to get the sweet all the time. Yeah, same. Salted <sighs> popcorn is not for me. I like so I like uh, mixed. I find it weird how Americans put butter on it. Oh, it's delicious. What? Like with melted butter? Yeah. It's amazing. <laughs> Absolutely amazing. <laughs> no. That just sounds like a heart attack in a bag. <laughs> It is. Don't get me wrong. Like it's the worst thing you could probably do. But oh, it's delicious. I'm thinking about it now. Getting hungry. But um, well, we don't need to chat much more. I think we have a little. We've got a little bit of chat in us for after the interview, and we'll have a little bit of discussion about Jay. But why don't we just play Jay? Yeah. Well, guys, uh, this. Jay Allen's interview and what a privilege it was to talk to him. So we hope you enjoyed it as much as we did. So we're now joined by Jay Allen and who is in a very lovely, sunny place uh, at the moment. How are you doing? Good. How are you guys doing today, man? Nice to, nice to be on here and see y'all. Oh, we're doing great. Uh, it's, uh, it's actually nice to be talking to someone uh, who uh, we actually are quite big fans of. 
Oh, that's awesome. Thanks, y'all. That's very kind of you. <laughs> so, fans well, is a weird word yeah. for me. Uh, fan, oh. I, fans is a, a slightly strange word for me, so I, 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 uh, I don't know how I feel about that, but y'all can be fans today if you want. <laughs> what, what is the better word or the preferred uh, Well, word? I mean, before, you know, I've only been on social media for probably five years. Um, I signed with Sony ATV here in Nashville and they're like, Jay, if you're going to be an artist and promote your music, we need you to be on social media. So I did, and I didn't really understand it at the time. It was all like girls shaking their butts and stuff. <laughs> we're not that kind of fun. Like I promise you that. We're the people who like enjoy your music and uh, enjoy seeing your uh, social media page on Instagram. Um, there'll be no ass shaking here. I promise, <laughs> promise you that. Well, that's good because there will be some charging, some really hefty fees for that. <laughs> uh, who but does uh, the charging yeah, okay. though? What was that? I'm saying, who does the charging? Oh my! Well, uh, probably my business manager, aka my wife. <laughs> uh, but yeah, once you know, once the, the whole deal happened with my mother, and she got sick, and she got Alzheimer's, um, and the whole thing went viral on the internet and especially Facebook. And then it was picked up, you know, worldwide with media. Um, I started to kind of see the purpose of social media and my, you know, my profiles in particular became more of a, a place of uh, community yeah. for people um, to get connected and have conversations about, you know, losing their loved ones or they've already lost their loved ones and kind of just became a place of healing. And uh, so I just kind of call it my community. You know, I have such a really strong community of people that are connected on the on the on the internet because of my story, which I think is pretty dang cool. And I don't That's amazing. It's pretty yeah. important. Um, well, it, like after you've just brought that up, because um, uh, it well, it's very kind of you to share that, and uh, also um, a very strong thing to share because a lot of people have said they've lost loved ones due to like illnesses like Alzheimer's, it could be anything as well. Cancers, people like, I ha I'm going to end up saying it, COVID, um, yep, as, as I just said. Um, and uh, and if you don't mind, actually, I had something that I wanted to read because I feel like this kind of sums up the kind of person you are. Um, sure. it was, and it was, it was on your uh, Instagram, but um, I liked it. Um, in fact, I loved it. Um, it was just this is someone that sent you a, an amazing message and it says, uh, and this is for everyone who hasn't heard it and like anyone who's listening. Hi Jay. I wanted to let you know my mom passed away this morning. She wanted me to tell you that she knows you will make it really big, that God gave you a special talent and she will be watching over you. She enjoyed meeting you even for just a short time. She said, God has uh, people meet for reasons. I will be sending you something. She want me to give you as well. Love you friend. I mean, that's that's incredible like <laughs> and you just mentioned the word community um yeah. and that's exactly what it seems like I, I can't how did that make you feel uh it put a tear in my eye you're doing it right now again <laughs> i'm not gonna lie it did with me when i first read that i was like i'm quite an emotional person anyway but reading something like that it's incredible I mean, for me, uh, it's really, you know, people, you know, talk about the power of music loosely. Um, and I never I, I never really understood what that meant until, you know, the really what inspired the song that I wrote for mother, my mother, Blank Stairs, when I walked her in the door of a venue here in Nashville. And she 
she saw a band on stage and they were playing on stage and she heard the music and people that have dementia, they're, they're not really present. You can see it in their eyes. There's a glossy look in their eyes. Um, they don't talk a lot. And uh, the moment she saw the band, heard the music, everything changed. That went away. I mean, the light in her eyes came back. She walked into the room and she wanted to start dancing. She tried to start talking and I'm the oldest son. I'm the oldest child and the only son. So I've always been kind of a fixer in my family. If there's ever an issue or a problem, I'm going to resolve it. I'm going to find a way. So in that moment, I was like, I'm going to take advantage of this moment. I got my mama back. I pulled her to the front of that venue and we danced. Uh And, uh, you know, she took a deep breath. And I'll tell you the rest of the story. But she took a deep breath and leaned in. And, you know, she was she talked to me. She's like, I love you, son. I miss you so much. I'm so glad to be here. And that's really what inspired Blank Stairs. Um, And that was the first time I experienced the power of music. And now that has become, it's like throwing a pebble in a pond and there's the the waves that come after it. And, uh, you know, they go on and on and on and on and on. I've seen that happen with this story and with this song, how people have connected to it. And People like that who reach out to me or who I get to play a show for. And uh, we have a moment where because I've kind of taken off my skin and let my guard down, let the the walls fall down. They feel like they have permission to do the same. Um, And they get to cry on my shoulder when they probably don't have a shoulder to cry on. And when someone, you know, she actually introduced me to her mother and I actually got to spend time with her. And uh, they have that same connection with their mother. Um, so that's, a, you know, it's the beautiful thing that came out of something sad. And, you know, I, it's, my, it's like I feel like it's my almost my duty on earth, my obligation to continue to allow people to have that outlet to express their pain and sadness of loss, yeah. you know, and help try to find a beauty in it. So those messages mean a lot to me. I'm glad that you saw that and brought that up. I appreciate it. I'll be honest, I had to, because that kind of sums up the kind of person you seem to be, is someone who literally takes the time and and very caring and obviously gone through that experience yourself. And, you know, a lot of people need that. So, yeah, so we're glad we mentioned it. Um, And uh, like this, I think this is the first time I've got really emotional during a a recording. So um, Y'all are shocking me. (laughs) it's two o'clock in the afternoon here in Nashville. I'm, I'm like gearing up, man. What's happening? <laughs> <laughs> well, we'll we'll uh, we'll talk a bit about your music then. Um, I, actually, I, I know a question that I do love asking: How did you actually get into doing the music, like country music? Like, when did that start for you? Man, how much time do we got? <laughs> as much as you want, you go for it. Okay. Well, you know, I've learned. You know, having conversations like this, we all get the most out of it when you're being the most honest. So I'm going to be completely honest with y'all. I grew up in a little town in Iowa in the middle of nowhere. Um, We were very poor. Dad introduced me to rock and roll at a very young age. He actually took me to my first concert. uh, And so I was fist bumping to Mr. Roboto at a Sticks concert when I was 10 years old. Um, you know, that kind of led, you know, led into the world of like, well, you know, why one of the reasons why I have tattoos and, you know, listen to some of the music that I do. He kind of inspired that edgy side of me. Um, but my mother loved country music. I cannot remember a day where she didn't have to fall asleep at night listening to country music on a clock radio. Um, some of my favorite memories, she would pick me up from school, football practice, wrestling practice and 
she had this car. I hated this car so much. It was a, a purple 95 Buick LeSabre. And it was like the ugliest car I've ever seen. <laughs> and she would pick me up in that car every day. But I remember really just like, look, even though I didn't like that car, I look forward to the experience because she would crank up the local country radio station and we would sing every word at the top of our lungs. So that was kind of my first uh, entrance into my love for country music. Even though, I you know, as a kid, I wasn't writing or singing country music. I was already in love with it and the storytelling and these bigger than life characters, these artists. So long story short. I ended up becoming a, a Christian singer, actually, artist. I did that for a while. I was a worship leader in churches and ended up, uh, I left Iowa when I was pretty young, and I ended up down in Savannah, Georgia for a while as a worship leader at a at a large church there. And, uh, you know, something really, really political happened behind the scenes, really broke my heart. I kind of left that behind, went back to Iowa, and uh, we were there for five, uh, no nine months. I was married at the time, so y'all are some, learning some things. It was kind of high school sweetheart, young love, and we've been together for about nine years and been through a lot together, and she kind of followed me all around the country pursuing this Christian music thing and being a worship leader. And um, She woke me up one morning and said, you need to go to Nashville now, otherwise you will never, ever go, and you'll always have that in your heart. You always have the reason. And I was like, Wow what <laughs> took me you know we had four more months left on that lease i was like i can't leave you behind and she goes no you you go i'll stay i'll hold down the fort once you get on your feet get a job just send money as you can to help with bills and so she convinced me over about a two week two week time and i left my wife at the time behind and went to nashville um because of all the you know all the ministries I've been a part of. I had a friend that was friends with an older couple, a pastor and his wife right outside of Nashville in Hendersonville, Tennessee. And uh, they offered to let me live in the back of their house. They had this little private apartment, like an in-law suite in the back of their house. And they uh, let me move in. They hadn't even met me and they let me move in. Otherwise, I'm not sure. I would have had to sleep on a, a bus bench or something. Um, I didn't know anyone. I had a suitcase and a guitar. So every Sunday would pass or every, you know, first Sunday of the month would pass and I would try to write them a check and pay rent and they would rip it up and put it back in my kitchen. And this went on for four months. I was able to get on my feet, get a job. I was, uh, you know, making as many friends as possible in Nashville. I was, even though I had a full-time job, I was still writing every day. I, I uh, got a band together um, and we were working our butts off, produced a bunch of music and, uh, pitched it to a record label and uh, this never happens, but they responded to us immediately. And uh, I won't say the name of the label, but um, they offered us a record deal. I'd barely been in Nashville and they just heard five of my songs. <laughs> so we went back and forth and trying to figure out how to do this record deal and set up a publishing deal and all these things. And then I get a phone call one day um, from the head of the record label. And he said, well, there's actually a guy above me. I'm the vice president. He's the president. And he, he said that I can't sign y'all after we had gone back and forth for almost a year working on this deal. And so heart was broke. Um, then my ex, she, uh, well now ex, she wanted to move to Nashville. So we got her all moved and settled. And uh, a short while after I had moved her to Nashville, she sat me down and let me know that she had actually been seeing someone else for uh. those four. 
And that was the reason actually why she wanted me to come to Nashville. Now I broke my heart then, but now I'm just like, thank you, God in heaven that that happened. Cause otherwise I don't think I ever would have came to Nashville to pursue this. Long story short, very, very long story short. I'll try to hurry it up, but uh, I was, I was going to play my last show in Nashville because <laughs> I was so bummed out. Everyone called it a 10 year town and I was out to beat that. But uh, I, you know, I got my first letdown. I was like, I'm going to leave town and uh, I was going to play my last show. I got on stage, played a show at a well-known venue here in town. I get off stage and uh, there was not a lot of people there. And uh, Billy Currington came up to me, one, a huge name in country music. He had happened to be sitting at the bar and uh, with his girlfriend Walked over, introduced himself and said, Jay, I don't know you, never heard of you. You might be new to town, but I just watched your whole set, heard you sing. And I just want to tell you, never leave, never, ever leave up, leave and give up. He said, I was in Nashville for nine, 10 years before I even got recognized. He was working concrete. So I was like, dang, if he can do it, I can do it. So that was kind of the first time, you know, there was a, a spark lit inside of me and uh, I just kept pushing, ended up getting you know meeting the right people and that's kind of how nashville works they call it a small town because it really is especially if in your if you're in music and you're good at music you kind of gravitate towards the same people in the same places and I, I made the right friends and impressed the right people ended up getting my first publishing deal that led to me signing a publishing deal and an artist development deal with sony um and then um i, I became the highway fund and what's called sirius x in the highway they they started spinning my song, introduced me as a new artist on country radio. And uh, as that happened, I signed a management deal and then I started touring. It kind of just escalated and escalated and escalated. And uh, then my mother got sick and this song happened. And um, I, uh, I got out of that deal and I decided to go completely independent. And I wanted my heart to be in the right place. I knew that... Um, if I was going to do this forever, I had to figure out my why. And I figured out my why very quickly. And uh, this whole story blew up. And I saw, you know, that music for me was going to be a, a, a long, hard road. But it, it was going to be a lot more than me just trying to be known and to get my music out there. It was going to be, you know, a soldier against fighting against this disease that stole my mama. And she died. My mom died when I was on the road. It was crazy. I had my last conversation with my mother while I was touring on the road um, in my van driving from somewhere in uh, South Carolina back to Georgia. And I get this call from my sister. I had fully funded to put my mother in a home and she had lasted six weeks before she lost the ability to swallow. Um, she couldn't talk at all. She was really struggling in a lot of pain. And, um, I was kind of expecting this phone call. I didn't, I just, but when it actually happened, it was like, I just, man, a sucker punch, you know, um, and uh, we pull off to this. Yeah, we pull off the side of the road. My band wrapped their arms around me, and I cried as I, t you know, said my goodbyes to my mama on the side of the road somewhere in Georgia, and um, never ever forget that moment. But again, it was another, uh, another, you know, maybe a building of the fire. Like more logs were just thrown on that fire for me, and I was just like, I'm gonna keep going. I'm gonna keep pushing. And um, a guy named Mickey Jack Cones. Um, Became a good friend because we worked on some tracks together. He's a really well-known producer here in town. I mean, huge names. If you look up Mickey Jack Combs, he's actually produced all the vocals on all the Jason Aldean number ones. 
Um, and uh, he actually swooped in and became good friends. And he said, Jay, I want to be your manager and I want to help guide you in the right direction. I know it's going to be a long journey, but I'd love to start that process with you. So we began that that process and got in the car and headed down the road. And um, he ended up partnering with the head of 1RPM, which is, I think, the second or third largest music distribution company in the world. Introduced me to the guy that started that, Emmanuel Zuns. We became really, really good friends. And they started a record label called Verge Records, funded by 1RPM. They signed me and Trace Atkins and one other guy named Scott Stevens. And uh, I, you know, actually got a phone call about a month and a half ago saying that they hired a radio promotion team. And um, today I'm heading into the label after this. And we're talking about making a plan to take me to country radio. Um, so it has been a, a long haul. <laughs> I've been on the road nonstop, played. I don't can't tell you how many shows been to every town in this country, at least, and would love to and jump over the sea. But man, it, it has been a long journey. So, I mean, everyone's journey is different. Everyone has a story, maybe not like mine, but a story of similar weight and of passion and emotion and loss and success and man, you just got it. When they say you just got to go to Nashville, I mean, you really do. <laughs> you have to just come here and get into it. So that's my short end of it. Um, but uh, yeah, that's why I'm here. That's why I'm doing this. Oh, that's a awesome. fantastic story. I was going to say, I, I let I mean, you, that's a fantastic story. You could generally create a movie about that. Like when you're right <laughs> in the beginning, like honestly, like when you said, like you're going to write you a could, book, you could circle the pond. But like you've got to jump in at some point, like with Nashville and your ex-wife at the time, like it was probably a good thing that she says go because if you didn't, you might never have went and mm. meeting the likes of Billy uh, Billy Currenton, like absolute massive country star, to turn around and say keep persevering with this and like absolutely fantastic that. Thanks, y'all. Yeah, it has been a, I mean, everyone has a journey. That's why, you know, I used to beat myself up. Like, why is it taking so long? You like set goals in your mind that not, not no one else is aware of, but you beat yourself up and think, why is it taking so long to get to this place, to this goal, to this achievement? And I just realized, man, like get out of yourself. Like once I, you know, stop being so selfish in that thinking. And, you know, I realized everyone's gone through something and, you know, my faith is everything. I believe, you know, I believe that, you know, God has all on different roads and different paths to hopefully end up accomplishing what he desires of us. And mine has been this for this season. And, you know, it's just, it's continued to grow. So I know it's meant to be, but now I see, you know, there's an opportunity to expand that, you know, I've been asked like, why would you want to be on country radio? And for me, it's, it's stopped being about I want the whole I want to be famous. We now live in a world where every kid that's six to twenty-six wants to be famous on TikTok. And I think that word is just thrown around and it it does it's lost its relevance. I think for me, I I just you know, I've been given an opportunity to be some sort of light and love in the world, and that's really all that matters to me. And if I can expand that by being on country radio then come on. <laughs> yeah, You've got to enjoy the process. Like, cause obviously everyone's got an end goal where they want to be at, but if you don't enjoy the process and it doesn't make it worthwhile, um, people that are like fast lined in like charts or in sport or anything like that, and haven't grinded it out day in, day out, I don't think or fully like appreciate what they've achieved. Mm-hmm. If you haven't done it the hard way of like grinding out every day and try to like, 
rise up the ladder sort of thing. I couldn't agree more. You know, I'm, there, unfortunately, there's some cases like that that I've seen over the years here in Nashville where just like something clicks or there's the right team or a label needs to make a signing for a tax write-off, which is a thing. And mm. they just get like, they get pushed for a minute and then they just get swallowed up. And I, I, I feel so, you know, I feel so bad for them. And I'm actually feel like one of the privileged, lucky, blessed ones to be able to have a longer journey, you know, and to now kind of, I'm very aware of who I am and what, you know, my role is, you know, so I couldn't agree more. So what, well, actually funny enough, when we were talking just before and you says you were part of that label for a year and then once the vice president and the president, and then you were dropped, it happened exactly with uh, Walker Hayes. He, he got uh, dropped after one of his albums, but then look at him now. He's got like two or three number one hits. He's absolutely smashing it in the charts. Uh, yeah. It just goes to show maybe one setback, maybe another, but you've just got to persevere through that. Yeah, man. You got to, I think, I think if uh, you just stop thinking about the, the, the now, what's happening right now, and think of, you know, keep pressing forward and, I always remind myself, as long as your karma for me is everything, like what you put out in the world, you're going to get back in some way through yourself or through someone else or someone you love. And it's like, I think if you just continue to keep your head down, eyes up, you know, be kind to everyone and, you know, treat people like you want to be treated, try to do something good, you know, if something even small every day, then you're going to get to where you're supposed to go. <laughs> you totally know? agree. Yeah. But uh, no, that's awesome. Um, but I would love to talk a little bit about uh, like your your music, your songs, and stuff like that. So, can you tell yeah. us like your first ever song? Let's talk about what. Can you, <laughs> can you remember the process of it? Yeah, I, I don't remember the name, the title of the song, but I re- remember the moment very clearly. It was a sad thing. Um, I had to get you know super depressing. That kind of circles around me sometimes, but. Uh, uh, it turned it, it turned out to be something beautiful, um, and it led me down the path where I'm on now. So, um, like I said, grew up in a small town, in Iowa. Uh, my my dad, my pops, his mom actually had moved from Iowa to Florida to be a snowbird, and um, she was there with her husband uh, for quite some time. And uh, I got to see her every now and then. Every time I did, I would laugh my butt off because she was so funny. She was like the biggest pervert I've ever met in my life. <laughs> She would just say the most wild things. I'm like, how is this old lady saying this <laughs> and why? Uh, but uh, I'll never forget the phone. My dad came down. My dad doesn't show a lot of emotion. If he does, it's, you know, very lighthearted and fun and laughing. And uh, he came downstairs to my room one day and just tears in his eyes. I think I was 17 at the time. And he said, well, I'm just going to tell you, your grandma's going to have to leave Florida and come to live with us um, for a month or two because, she has not told us, but she has had lung cancer for the last six months and she doesn't have much longer. So we're going to, we're going to take her in and take care of her till the end. I was like, Oh my gosh, that was like the heaviest thing that I'd ever heard or ex- was about to experience in my young life. So she did, she came from Florida, moved in with us. And she was in a wheelchair, oxygen tanks and um, still her funny self. And um, one morning dad came downstairs screaming and said, uh, we're rushing her to the hospital and her oxygen was all the way up and it wasn't doing anything for her lungs. So we literally like saw her take her last breath. It was like the worst, most saddest thing I've ever seen. And, and so uh, I had picked up the guitar um, when I was around 10 or 11 because of that sticks concert. My dad bought me a guitar. And so I knew how to play guitar. I knew how to play like cover songs, um, but I'd never written a song. And uh, I remember coming home from that, from that funeral 
And I sat down in my room and just, I didn't know what to do, but just to like write words. I wanted to like get out what I was feeling somehow. Put those words to a melody, wrote, wrote my first song. <laughs> that was a called really- Blank Stairs. No, that's the one about my mother, actually. Blank Stairs is about my mother. Um, I saw one called Blank Stairs, and I was wondering if that, that was the one related. But Blank Stairs is actually the song that I wrote about my mother that had Alzheimer's. Um, and that's really, you know, long gap between those two songs, but both came from the same, um, the same kind of overwhelming feeling of feeling like I don't know how to express what I'm feeling, so I just need to get it out, and it's, yeah. you know, on paper with my guitar, with an instrument, you know, in song, you know? So, I mean, I feel like the most authentic real songs have come out of struggle for me, you know? And I think, you know, they've connected for quite a few reasons, but there's something, I think there's something about a tatted up dude that looks like me singing a song that's completely, you know, vulnerable and stripped down and full of heartache and also connects to people that have, experience the same thing which i've learned now that there's i mean almost everyone has experienced someone you know losing someone or dealing with someone that has some sort of dementia you know and uh so yeah that was my first song writing a song for my grandma um and then it just kind of that opened up a portal for me <laughs> i've written like three thousand songs since then believe it or not wow so, yeah well, funny enough like just talking about like all the songs that you've wrote Obviously, some of them are like very deep and like meaningful lyrics and like a lot of like people can connect with them. Is there one that stands out for you that is like your all time favorite song that you've wrote? Oh, well, uh, yes, but it's I haven't released it yet. So, um, you know, I feel like this is like a culmination of everything that's happened in my life. I think a lot of people's lives where you realize how important time is, especially if you've lost someone. Um, you realize that literally one day, you know, you, you can wake up and one of the people that you love more than anything, your whole world can just not be here, not be present. And uh, that is a really, really tough thing to grasp. Um, but for me, you know, if you'd ask me, what's the most important thing to me? It'd be time, like making the most of your days and your relationships. So when the thought of, when the idea of radio came up uh, from my, from my label, they started, you know, picking through all my songs and that, you know, my manager came at me and he was like, these are like a handful of songs that they think we'll do on radio. And I was like, dear God, don't put any of those songs on the radio. So I knew I had to write one. Um, so I went in actually with my producer, Michael Wilshire here in Nashville and my good buddy, Nate Kenyon. He's actually the rapper on my song Mustang on Mud Tires. If y'all ever listen to that song, um, just a uh, genius lyricist. So, I brought him into a room and he, we started talking about time and how important it was. And he goes, man, you know, that phrase, there's no, there's no time like the present. And I was like, yeah, he goes, what about there's no present like the time? Like there's no, like, there's no gift like the time. I was like, that's beautiful. So we wrote that song. It's called no present like the time. I sent it over to my label, uh, my radio team. And they're like, that's probably going to be the song that goes to radio. So I haven't released it yet. Um, but I, I'm so proud of it. I'm so it's another really it's an emotional song, but it has a lot of energy and, and there's a feel good thing at the end of it. It's kind of like an aha moment once you get to that hook. And I can't wait for people to hear it. Oh, can't wait to listen to it. Excited to listen to that because obviously people will take in different like retrospective. And after COVID, 
I realized like how important like just small little things were that you just didn't do that you didn't appreciate because you were doing them all day and once it was taken away from you and I always says like I'll become a yes man if someone asks us to do something I'll be like yes I'm in and yeah depends I think like that song can be taken in that sense as well I love that I told a buddy of that uh, mine that in Nashville you said be a yes man I love that I kind of live by that <laughs> unless it's like two in the morning asking me to go to a bar then I'm like Question mark. <laughs> yeah. 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 Anything if it's snakes, spiders, or heights, I'm not in. But yeah, I was going to say, that, that's yes. what I mean by depends. Like, there's being a yes man and being positive about things, but there's being a yes man and going, right, I'm about to rock climb up this mountain. And because I decided to say yes. But yeah. uh, no, it, it's awesome. But uh, yeah, I mean, I think a lot of people have changed um, uh, the perspective of life after everything we've been through. And yeah. what I love is like listening to your songs. And you can see, and well, not see, but hear the like kind of emotion, the story behind them, and it's like a true kind of story. That that's the beauty of it. It's not taken from someone else's um, experience; it's taken from your own. And being able to share that—it's—it's it's a gift. It really is. Thank you. Man. I appreciate that. It's but kind of uh, um, like you were talking about your friend there, like the, the uh, rapper. Um, it was uh, that song that you mentioned um, was on your EP Bulletproof. No, it's actually hasn't been released yet at all. No, right. Her. Yep. So I'm, I'm waiting to release that song until we figure out what's happening with radio. I would love to be like, okay, get the green light. We're going to take that song on the radio and then release it and start pushing it. I think I kind of, I've always like got excited about songs and just dropped them immediately. And with this one, it's so special. And I want, you know, I want, a lot of people to hear this song because I think it will be another connecting song. So I'm going to hold out a little bit. Wait for that. If you was Nate not was Nate on a song with you on Bulletproof? On oh Bulletproof. yeah, Nate was on. Um, Nate was on a song called Mustang on Mud Tires. <laughs> yeah, that really fun song. Yeah, I actually wrote that song with Nate too, and that was that was one of the fun ones that we did. I couldn't pass up. I couldn't pass up the opportunity because I thought it was so fun and. Another one of Nate's ideas, Nate, actually, we were in a writer's room one day and Nate was like, before you say anything, Jay, I have an idea for you. And uh, my fiance was actually with us writing that day too, Kylie. And uh, he goes, I feel like, I feel like you're like a Mustang on mud tires. I was like, what does that mean? (laughs) He goes, well, you're from Iowa, but now you lived in the South for a long time. You know, you love rock and roll music and you're covered in tattoos, but also like you're this like sentimental guy and you sing country songs and he goes like all you you know like all you the two worlds have like combined in you and i was like that's cool he goes so like you're like a shiny mustang but you like to get your hands dirty and get weird sometimes (laughs) i was like i like that so we wrote it we wrote it and we got to verse two and he just started like spitting out this rap and i was like what the heck like it was just like blew my mind how good he was at rapping. I'm like, you're like the Eminem of country music. He goes, I like that. <laughs> so I'm like, dude, the the I don't know if I've ever heard, especially in a country song, the whole like second verse would be a rap. And we did that that day and tracked it that day. So what you his rap that you hear on the record is actually from the day of that we wrote it. We tracked oh, wow. it. So yeah, man, that was one of the fun ones that came out of it. But still, even though it's fun, like it still had a lot of meaning for me in a lot of ways. So. Oh, I'd love to be a fly on the wall when you two are in the room together and just bouncing these ideas <laughs> off each other. It sounds like hilarious. It gets weird sometimes. 
Yeah, well, yeah, I don't condone this, but I used to have a rule where we take a shot when we get to the second verse because everyone hates the second verse because it's like three, four o'clock in the afternoon. We've been riding all day. Everyone's tired, and that's like the pick-me-up to light the fire in the room that day. But uh, we don't do that anymore. <laughs> but uh, something that you've mentioned like quite a bit in the interview is like you've just like recently been like engaged to Kylie Morgan. Yep. So congratulations yeah. on Massive that. congratulations. And um, that's another country artist. Great vocalist. And what's what's it like dating another country artist? Yeah, you know, well, you know, we've kind of come up through the ranks together. It's, you know, a lot of people, sometimes, you know, along the way, people have confused us as like, oh, so like you sing together, you're in a group. And we're like, no, we're like each <laughs> separate artist that happen to be together. And uh, you know, another reason I thank God that, my ex woke me up one day and convinced me to move to Nashville because I never would have met Kylie, you know? Um, and uh, now I'm just like, I can't imagine a day without her. Um, we've grown so much. She's helped me grow, not just personally, but in my music, she works her butt off and it's so inspiring. We actually met, uh, I got signed to my first publishing deal, which I told you all about. And uh, so what happens is they have like a big open house invite, you know, a lot of industry people in music row and, um, she actually wasn't invited, but her publisher was, it was like in the afternoon and, um, her publisher at the end of the day was like, Hey, would you like to come to this open house, this party with me? And, uh, she was like, nah, I don't think so. And he was like, there's going to be free wine. And she's like, okay, I'm in. <laughs> so, uh, she came to the party and she, I was having a really bad day, something to do with my ex at the time. And I was walking down, even though it was supposed to be a celebration, I was having it. I was struggling that day came walking downstairs from the studio and she saw me and caught eyes. And that was the first time she saw me. And she asked her publisher to set up a, a writing session with this. And I was more aware the next time we met, cause I'll never forget just that big, beautiful smile. She's one of the hipster hat, had some knee high socks on. I was like, this is my girl. I just knew. <laughs> so we could write a song in 40 minutes and we took us nine, 10 hours that day. And uh, we just, been inseparable ever since and really been challenging each other you know especially the last couple of years just to kind of take music to the next level and keep pushing because there's a lot of people that are going to tell you you're not good enough or say no or you know even our label heads and managers will make us question ourselves so to be able to come home to each other at the end of the day and be like no you're good enough you got this has been so good for us yeah it must be pretty awesome like two creative people like living together and like bouncing ideas off each other and like helping each other out and pursuing yeah, together. We struggled for a while on how to write songs together because we're so different artistically, but we've recently kind of found, a, I think, a cool groove where it comes pretty easily now. She is the type where she'll like, I'll wake up, I, I wake up earlier in the morning, but she'll wake up at like three in the morning with a complete song idea. And she'll like, I'll come home from the gym and she'll be like, Hey, you want to hear the song I just wrote? I'm like, when? Like I've been away from you for an hour. <laughs> she'll just wake up and have the melody and all the lyrics and put it in her phone. It's just like, she is so talented. It's crazy. But uh, yeah, she, I mean, we do this thing where we're like at a bar and we're, or a restaurant, you know, like people, We'll walk by or say something at the bar and it will catch our attention. It'll be something really like unique and witty and I'll immediately be like, that's mine. And like, put it in my phone. She'll be like, no, I already put it in my phone. It's mine. <laughs> Rock yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 That's good. Arm wrestle. You'll <laughs> yeah. She might beat me. She's crazy. <laughs>
Well, I hope. Well, I was going to say, I hope she listens to everything nice that you just said. And then when he got to that last little bit, yeah, she's crazy. Like, <laughs> yeah, she was standing at the door when she walked out. Then I said all the real stuff. <laughs> <laughs> oh, class! Um, right, uh, just to, so just finishing off there. Um, what plans do we have for 2022 for yourself? Uh, obviously, apart from the new song coming out on the radio. Yeah, so uh, first things first is I get to get married this year to yeah. my, you know, my best, my best bud, really honestly, and uh, I, I didn't think that I would get married again, but uh, man, I just kind of lived life with her, and it led to this point. It feels so natural, like we're already a couple, like we're already married, you know. So I figured it was. It was time. It felt right for both of us. And we get to get married in October. So we're getting married in Fort Myers. Actually, a really cool story about that. Super quick. Um, we both got invited to play a songwriters festival um, on Fort Myers Beach, Florida. And uh, I don't know if you all have ever been to a songwriters festival, especially with Nashville songwriters. It gets really weird. <laughs> so you literally like show up to a venue. All these people have flown in from all over the place. It's basically a vacation for them to come see all these Nashville songwriters perform. So you show up to a venue. You're wearing like tank tops and your board shorts, the girls in bikinis, sunglasses, backward hats. It's literally paradise. Roll up to the venue. They sit you down in front of everyone, mic you up, and then have a couple of drinks. And then you tell stories and sing songs and laugh your butt off for an hour. And then you just do that like two or three times a day, every day for a week. And so I, at one point, I noticed that this, this, this couple, the same couple would show up to every one of my shows. And they were like loud, but like still appropriate and really funny and really cute. And the lady especially. And so it was Kylie's turn to play a show. So I was sitting in the crowd and this, I made friends with this older guy. He like started a fight and it was hilarious. And I like laughed out loud and accidentally knocked over my beard. Well, that lady came running up to me. It was like her moment she'd been waiting for. She ran up to me and she goes, can I buy you a drink? And uh, I was like, you don't have to do that. She goes, no, I literally buy you whatever you want. I want to. I was like, okay, I'll take a double gin and tonic. <laughs> so, <laughs> Just kidding with her. And she went and got me a double gin and tonic and a beer and set them down on the table. I was like, what the heck? You didn't have to do that. That was so sweet. Thank you. And uh, so I had my drink and she approached me again uh, when I was playing next. And she said, Jay, I would love if you and your girlfriend, Kylie, would uh, come out, come on our boat with me and my husband. And I was picking at her again. I said, well, what kind of boat you got? And she laughed. She goes, I have a 70 foot yacht. I was like, yeah, right. Wow. <laughs> he goes, no, here's a picture. I was like, Okay, I got to see if this lady is for real or not. So finish my show. She comes up and she says, there's an Escalade out back. And we're going to, y'all get in. We're going to take you to our house right around the corner. And I was a little tipsy. So I'm like, whatever. We either get like taken to an alley and shot or we're going to go on a 70 foot yacht. She took us to her house. They're super nice. It was a mansion right on the water. Walked us around the back and there was a 70 foot yacht. She said, take off your boots. Put down your guitar. You're done working for this evening. They were so kind and generous. Took us on what they call sunset cruise and uh, came back. And we were best, all best friends by the end of the night. And I was playing songs for them around their campfire, around their fire, their fire pit. And uh, we continued to go back. They just, they'd invite us back and to play shows or just to come vacation and hang out with them. And they put us up in their home. And my mother passed. I was, you know, 
I we came uh, to visit them shortly after that, and she kind of just pulled me aside and she said, "Jay, I want you to know that um, I know I can never replace your mother, but you're my son now, and I'm your mom." And she meant it. I mean, there was tears, and she has treated me like that ever since. Um, she's the world to me, and so they actually happened to own a shipyard right on the water that like houses all the local yachts, and she basically demanded that we get married there on the water. So that's what's happening and why it's happening. (laughs) It's like a pinch, pinch yourself thing, how it happened, but it's, I can't wait. So that's the first thing. Very long story. Sorry about that. Uh, That's a great, another great story. (laughs) Yeah. Crazy man. Life is crazy. Uh, So the other thing is I am going to, I think I'm going to announce it in the morning. Um, I've booked a huge like tour. I'm playing, I'm playing a ton of shows this year. I've been working my butt off to book them with my agent. And so um, I'm going to announce that tomorrow. I'm going to be gone. Uh, (laughs) Just never in Nashville, which I I love. That's how I was last year. A lot of fly dates, a lot of shows with the band. So it's going to be a really stacked year. And then um, if radio goes down, whether it's happening this summer or this fall, you know, I'm expecting things to get even busier and for kind of my world to change even more. So I think it's going to be a cool year. I mean, and then, you know, Kylie's label has told her that they want to take her to radio this year as well. So it could be a really just beautiful, blessed year for the both of us to experience together, you know? So great. If your son came on and her straight after or vice versa, just, uh, you never know. (laughs) But no, well, I tell you what, I don't think it could happen for a nicer person. Like we've just been speaking here. And some of the stories that you've shared, some of the stuff that you've been through in the past, it couldn't happen to a nicer person. Like you deserve all the success. Hopefully you get like in the top in the radios, you book all the shows, like everything. It just sounds fantastic. That's so kind of you guys. I mean, back at you guys, it's reciprocated. It's been a really, really great fulfilling conversation, even emotional. I don't know how you pulled that (laughs) off, but (laughs) You guys are so kind. We're uh, we're family now, dudes. Oh, thank you very much. Well, we look forward to the invite to the wedding then. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'll have to ask the lady about that one. I'm probably gonna pull it off. <laughs> uh, if she if she hears the interview, then that's a no. Um, yeah, if she hears the crazy part. That, I was gonna, um, I was gonna say, yeah. hold on. I just want to say this now. That was Jay. Like me, me, me and Blaine had, yeah, me and Blaine had nothing to do with that. Just you know, you're in control of the editing process, so you can help a brother out here. <laughs> you're right. I could. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Well, Jay, thank you so much. Um, it's been absolutely incredible speaking with you. Uh, the stuff you shared uh, today has been amazing, and we can't thank you enough for coming on. Um, so we will say our goodbyes now and we will definitely be in touch with you in the future. Yeah, it was a pleasure. Thank you for having me, guys. Enjoy the rest of your day. Have the best 2022 possible. Thank you. Y'all as well. Thank you. God bless you guys. Thank you. Well, that was Jay Allen. What an incredible human being. Took the words right out of my mouth. Like, I don't think I could describe him any better than that. Um, he was awesome. He's funny. Um, I love when he's talking about his uh, wife for that second then started saying, oh, oh yeah, she's crazy. And then uh, he's just saying, no, it's all right, I'll tell you the real stuff after she left. <laughs> I thought that was funny. I, such a good um, storyteller as well, sort of like telling us like where he first began out in like Iowa and 
you know yeah like i mean he's obviously told the story a, a fair few times it like it just because it comes off but the pro not the problem there's no problem that whatsoever um the thing is like it's such an emotional story that sometimes i like it's amazing that he tells it but sometimes i feel like oh man i'm, I'm sorry that you have to tell this story again yeah <laughs> which i'm sure he really doesn't mind because it's it's a memory it's it's a life memory from so hopefully everyone that listens to it was as captivated as we were when we're like in the moment like doing it like it was just sort of like just please keep talking yeah like, i know there's talk, moments talk, where talk. you're just like you don't want to say anything because you like and you just don't want them to stop talking you want to hear the story you want to you want to know more like, generally in that interview there was like so many like questions and that and we were just like hanging on to every word like while there and it was just sort of happening and happening and I was just like oh wow like what an incredible story from all the people yep. that he's met to the journey like I said during the interview at one point I was like this could be a movie yeah from um, start to finish absolute fantastic and do you know what just hopefully just wish the best the best 2022 yeah. for that man Jay yeah definitely I mean he's getting married and you know Jay since I'm hoping you're listening to this right now um, yeah, we've we, never been on a yacht before yeah and we are waiting for our invites um, just drop us a DM and uh, you know I'll send you the address where, where yeah. they go just let me know in due time because I'll um, I'll have to stock up on some cream and I'll have to lose a lot of weight <laughs> <laughs> to fit into a suit <laughs> Oh. But uh, or at least it's like swimming shorts, um, speedos. Um, no, <laughs> no, budgie smugglers. Not budgie smugglers. <laughs> no, no, no. That's not happening. <laughs> oh, I'm having nightmares tonight. Ah, <laughs> oh, we trying to see. Um, uh, but yeah, no, and also li- make sure you guys listen to his music as well. Um, He's got such an amazing voice. His songs are incredible. You can, you like, you just heard the writing process of them all. How much fun it must be writing with that Nate guy as well. Oh, um, honestly, like, like it was said, would love to be a fly on the wall for that. Because what I love about, like, this is the thing what we've said many a time. What we love about doing the podcast is hearing about people's stories, mm. hearing about like, because everyone's so different, and it's what makes us great as like individuals. And like when we spoke to many different people about writing processes, like Ryan Harmon had a different one, yep. like uh, Tracy Lynn had a different one, like everyone's got a different process. But yet I almost feel like Jay's process sounded so good. And when he was like, when we get to the second verse, I just hand out the shots. Yeah. Because yeah. <laughs> no one wants to do the second verse at four o'clock in the afternoon. It's like, oh, wow. <laughs> Oh no, it's really cool. Um, but yeah, like his song that came out a couple of months ago, Whiskey Prayers, um, Get that song listening to. Watch the YouTube video, like uh, the music video on YouTube and stuff. It's uh, absolutely incredible. Um, very, like his songs are very, like, kind of to the heart as well. Um, there's nothing made up about them. That's what's beautiful about them. The grip. So listen. Follow him on Instagram at Jay Allen. Um, just follow his music career because 2022 is going to be huge for him, I think. Oh, yeah. Um, from radio to getting like he's more more tracks out later singles yeah it's just i think the world's his oyster at the minute because yeah. he's got the look he's got the voice he's <laughs> got the lyrics again eh? <laughs> talking about his looks again <laughs> talking like literally just generally like he's got he's like the full package this guy and he's got a voice that's so polished that it already sounds like like yeah just that it's up there with the, some of the top people yeah. on the radio as well so but no, that's uh, 
I mean, I'm not going to lie. I I don't want to interrupt this interview with anything else. I think that was perfect. I love, I hope everyone who's listened has enjoyed that as much as we did. Uh, We thoroughly enjoyed recording it. We thoroughly enjoyed uh, meeting them. um, And uh, we thoroughly enjoy looking forward to our wedding and fights, Jay. Um, (laughs) Yeah. I'm just going to keep bringing that up. Well, you never know. One day, every, every week just keeps sending a message. How's it looking on your front? When's the menu coming? <laughs> <laughs> what attire do I have to wear? Uh, it's a, you don't have to get us first class tickets. It's fine. <laughs> Business will do. Yeah. <laughs> no, but um, like, guys, honestly, when we said to you a couple of weeks ago, like, trust us with our schedule at the minute, like, we're bringing you just the best of the best, like, today. Jay Allen, last week, Chase Wright. Before that, uh, Olivia Lynn. Olivia Lynn, Jessica Before that, Lynn. Jessica Lynn. Like, like, it's, guys, it's honestly, crazy. wait till you see what we've got up our sleeves in the next couple of weeks oh, as well. Because, mate, honestly, baby, we're going to different places now. Oh, I can Do you know, I'm genuinely looking forward to next week. I cannot wait for next week. I'm not even going to spoil it, guys. If you want to find out what's on for next week, you're going to have to listen to it. Exactly. You have to wait for the news then. You're going to have to go onto Instagram check out any like little sneak preaks or um sneak preaks yeah peaks <laughs> like little previews any little preaks? clues like we're going to keep dropping hints every so often and oh yeah i've still got them pictures to upload from the yeehaw oh, weekend God. so they'll be going up at some point and you'll see yeah. how of a mess we were Trying to get but done um one thing i've got to mention is as well it's like when we're just talking about with schedule like me and Alex like work throughout the week and uh, someone I worked with the other day was like do you not get like tired of like doing it like all the hard work and stuff like of when we've got to like research guests like get the interviews lined up put the podcast together do YouTube videos everything and I was like scoff your dinner down doesn't even feel like work like when you're when you're getting to speak to like unbelievable artists talented like hard work and great people like Jay like Jessica like Chase like everyone yeah. we've had on the show and it's, it's just love a case. new people and that's it and we just love finding out their stories talking to people it doesn't feel like work so once again like guys just thank you for listening and uh we're happy doing it keeps us happy and we hope you enjoy and it makes you happy and uh hopefully we'll speak to you on the next one please send us messages on instagram we'll, we'll try and get back to you if you want to hear any kind of uh anything that you want to know about if you want us to talk about any particular artists yeah. Let us know. Or we'll give our opinions of them. If, we already did with Eric Church. <laughs> oh, don't talk to me about that, man. <laughs> uh, but if there is an artist that you want to hear an interview from, get at us and we will try our best to track them down and get them over Zoom. Yeah, 100%. But guys, that's uh, that's me out. That's a bye from Alex. And it's a bye from me. Everyone have a fantastic weekend, unless you're Eric Church. <laughs>